Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster Rebecca Adams and are not based on the advice of a licensed therapist, psychologist, or psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly advised. What does ponder actually mean? Well, according to the dictionary, it means think about something carefully, especially before making a decision or reaching a conclusion. Well, as you know, on the Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity podcast episodes, we allow women to share their stories in a non-judgmental way about why they stepped out of their relationships. But there are so many other interesting topics that we all need to learn from and not to judge right away. So let's talk about it now. Let's ponder. Well, happy 2021. Welcome to our very first Let's Ponder, formerly known, of course, as Midweek Ponder. And in case you hadn't heard any of my uh, previous uh, podcast episodes or uh, social media announcements or anything. Yes, for about eight months, it was known as Midweek Ponder because I was releasing on Wednesdays. Well, to streamline everything with work, I decided to move everything to where it will release on Sundays. Uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get access on Friday, but for everybody else, Sunday. So format's still the same, new introduction, and just pretty much moving it to Sunday. So welcome, and thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we have a special guest who works with men and sex addictions. I would like to welcome Eddie Caparucci to Let's Ponder. Eddie is a licensed therapist and is certified in treatment of sexual and pornographic addiction. He and his wife, Terry, have a private practice in Marietta, Georgia, uh, both working with men struggling with porn addiction as well as their wives who are dealing with the betrayal. He is also the author of the book, Going Deeper, How the Inner Child Impacts Your Sexual Addiction, as well as the book of Removing Your Shame Label, Learning to Break Free of Shame and Feel God's Love. Welcome, Eddie. Thank you so much for being here. And please share with my listeners a little bit about yourself. I may, uh, first of all, thank you for having me, Rebecca. I appreciate it. Um, I am a licensed professional counselor and I have a private practice in Marietta, Georgia. Um, I also specialize in the treatment of sexual and pornography addiction. So I work with a lot of men, uh, and I work exclusively with men, who have been uh, involved in various um, infidelities in their, through their marriages, whether it be affairs, whether it be uh, escorts, you know, strip club, massage parlor, or or pornography, and sometimes in many cases, it's a combination of, of uh, all of them. And I work with them to help them to determine why. And for me, for me, why is a big question. Why is sex have a, such a stronghold on them and their life? that is causing all this destruction in their relationships. Wow, and I'm sure you've helped so many people in this type of situation. How, how long have you been doing this? I've been now counseling. Next year will be my 10th year, 2021. 
So. Do you find that there are a lot of similarities, or would you say that in these cases are more, that they're unique? I mean, I'm sure that there are some that are unique, but overall reasons? There, there, are, there are many reasons why a man will uh, be unfaithful, why a man will abuse sex. And that part of the book that I wrote going deeper, how the inner child impacts your sexual addiction, um, I believe that it is unresolved childhood pain points that are responsible for our addictive behaviors, especially in the area of pornography and sex. So what I've done is I've identified nine different areas and basically they are my nine inner children that I've created who uh, impact a person's sexual addiction. So for example, you know, one of those kids is the need for attention child. Uh, so therefore, these were folks who, when they're growing up, you know, people didn't pay a lot of attention to them. They didn't chase them. They always had to chase others. And so therefore now, you know, they're still, even though they might be married and in a relationship, subconsciously, their child still wants affirmate, looking for attention. But even if they're getting a lot of attention from their spouse, it may not be enough attention for them. So therefore, it's that constant search for it. You know, another child is the need of uh, the emotionally unavailable, uh, sorry, the emotionally voided child. And that child is one who was never really taught when he was growing up on you know, how do you process your emotion? How do you deal with emotion? So therefore, you know, now as adults, they don't do relationship well. They're not very uh, close with their spouse emotionally. They may think they are, they may feel they are, but there is a, a wall that sits between them and their spouse. Though so they never let anyone deeply in that close to them because their worldview is if, if I let you too close, you have the power to hurt me because you can now leave me or you'll see how ugly I am inside. So these emotionally voided kid, which is a major complaint for, for most spouses is because it goes like my, my husband doesn't talk. You know, he doesn't connect. He just avoids me most of the time. Uh, he never really has anything of interest. He's not curious in me. He doesn't really remember particular dates and special things. And that, of course, is very troubling for a woman. So therefore, what I have to do is I have to work with these guys in these nine different ways. And like I said, there's seven other kids. I figure out which ones do these men resonate most with. And then we identify what are those emotional triggers that will activate each of the children. Wow. I, I just even listening to what you've said so far, I can, I mean, I can identify with some of the people that I've worked with on the female side, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's interesting because as we, um, I guess myself included, but, um, a lot of the people that I've worked with, um, we talk about women cheating for emotional reasons and men cheating for just the sex. Mm -hmm. And so it's really nice to be able to hear in depth from somebody who's really studied it, that there definitely is more on that man's side as to what would lead them to uh, being unfaithful. Um, this is incredible. 
what inspired you to start writing this story or, or going into being a therapist, focusing on this with men? Well, what what inspired me was the opportunity because I've seen how this, I call it the inner child recovery process. Uh, I've seen how effective it had been in my practice. So therefore, what I wanted to do was bring it out to the masses and give people who may not have um, a certified sex porn addiction counselor in their geographic area, give them the opportunity to be able to have uh, access to this type of information. Because there aren't that many, there aren't that many of us, those guys who are, and women who are certified in this area. And that's one of the things I get all the time. So, but since the book came out in February, um, and again, I'm here in Georgia and I counsel here in Georgia, but I've been getting calls from people, not just throughout the country, and I mean, throughout the country, as far as Hawaii, you know, the North, the Dakotas, everywhere. But I've also been getting calls from all over the world of people who they, they picked up the book and they're like, whoa, uh, this is great. I want more information. Uh, but the thing is, there, there are no other people out there who are doing inner child work for them. So I'm actually in the process right now of doing, putting together a training program where we're hoping to train over a hundred different clinicians on the inner child recovery process. But the need, the need is strong. Wow, yes, that is amazing that you're reaching so many people in just six months. I mean, that's gotta feel good that you're making such a big difference. I mean, personally, you know, feeling good. Right, especially when you open up your email and you find, you know, people from Egypt, Thailand, Italy, you know, Denmark, I mean, all over the world are reaching out to you to say, hey, I've read your book, it made an impact on me, but I need more, I, I want to go deeper with it, even still. And it breaks my heart that I don't have the capability to really help these people. I've actually just trained two on my own uh, counselors, but now we're going to go out there and try to do more. And, and I, one of the people we're going to train is somebody uh, one from Egypt and somebody out in Australia who's going to be doing training. So yeah, we're going to be able to make this a worldwide um, treatment process. That's amazing. Do you think once, of course, we can travel and do things more freely that maybe you'll even tour with your book and have uh, little conferences or seminars so you can talk with people about it and the things that you do and reach yeah, people that way that would definitely be a possibility i mean the book is done very very well the it was ranked as the uh, number one uh amazon bestseller in the sex addiction category for the first two months um, and the audio version of it is still anywhere between number one and number three on any given day so it's, it's done yeah it's done really very very well but you're right i uh, who knows what's going to come with it once you start you know doing the training and you know like i said then yes i may need to travel to different places to actually do even do do more deeper training with people well were there any key challenges you found when you were writing this book uh, yeah, there was, there was a few challenges. One, I have an extremely busy private practice. I see 
an average of 30 to 35 people a week. And wow. sometimes, like for example, this week at 38. Um, if, if, I had, if I had no boundaries, um, I could see 60 people a week. Oh, man. I mean, that's how bad, that's what the demand is. Wow. wow. Um, but of course, I can't do that. That would kill myself. My wife also, just to let you know, is in practice with me too. She, um, she worked with the women who have been betrayed and therefore does betrayal trauma work with them. She too sees anywhere between 30 and 38 people a week. Wow. So again, that part of, that was part of the process of writing in writing a book. That was one of the most difficult aspects of it. Mm -hmm. um, also, because this is my second book and I'm actually midway through the third, mm -hmm. I have this habit and I don't know what it's about, but when I get done, I throw about 80% of it away and go back and rewrite things. Mm -hmm. um, and so therefore that too, you know, you get done with a book and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, I could, what I do is I take all the pages and I post them up on a wall in my office. So I got like 200 pieces of paper up there and I'm going through them, you know, page by page and I'm like ripping this one down, ripping that one down, tearing this apart. And then you have what you have left and then it's like, okay, let's go back and do it again. Um, the outcome's always better the second time, so it's worth the process, but, but, it is, but it's also, it's a little discouraging when you see all that paper on the floor and you don't see a whole lot of it still up on the, uh, on the board. Oh, I can understand that. It's funny how that does happen. And you know, in your mind, it's kind of like when you write an email, and then you go back and you end up mm -hmm. gutting it and changing it. It's like your mind had the opportunity to think about it subconsciously. And then you're going through and looking at it going, wait, this doesn't sound right. This would sound better. I could see you would have to have boundaries uh, because, you know, working with people does take a lot out of you emotionally. And I really think it's great that you and your wife are able to work together like that. Um, and as you know, I'm working on becoming an infidelity recovery coach. And I'm wanting to be kind of like more on your side where I want to work with the women who cheated to work on that. And so it's very similar, but it's my goal. And I just need to get through the training and get it completed. But I'm up here in the Pacific Northwest helping the women. And you'll be down in the South helping the men. And <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, you know that pornography uh, is growing in, among the female audience at a very, very rapid rate. Um, and, and one of the issues, one of the key issues we're going to wind up seeing, especially with the last two generations, because inter internet porn is so accessible that you know, kids as young as 10 or 11, that's usually when they're looking at it, starting to see it. And the message, this is what's happening, this is really scary. It is that the fact that, you know, little boys are being taught, and little girls, they're being taught about sex and what they think is love through porn. And the message that little boys are getting is, it's okay to objectify little girls. But what's even worse if little girls are getting a message, it's okay to be objectified. So therefore, what you're going to wind up with, in many cases, are women who are going to wind up being very, very broken, 
as they get into their 20s and so and not have a lot of self-worth and self-esteem and get married and they're going to find themselves still stepping out in those relationships and they're going to have no idea why. Wow. None. That is interesting. That is amazing. Yeah. And it makes total sense. I can completely see it because it's funny. That's one of the questions that I kind of ask people when the husbands come to me and say my wife was cheating I will ask you know how is her childhood growing up you know how were the relationship with the parents and I even ask you know how old they were when they became sexually active a lot of them will admit that they were promiscuous at a young age right you know so I'm wondering is it because Mm -hmm. of the attention that they need or validation and if there was something you know common there and so it's good to hear from you it's validating mm-hmm. what i was wondering yeah in fact one of the uh one of, one of the kids is the unaffirmed child uh, again somebody who received either a constant stream of criticism or just received little or no praise whatsoever so once again you know now as an adult okay they have somebody who's affirming them but it's just not enough. Their, their inner child is so scared that the praise that you're getting is going to one day not be there. So therefore, it's always like, where's the backup plan? Where do we go next for it? And and, and in some cases, get what? The person you marry, uh, maybe they're not really good at providing affirmation. So therefore, you thought, okay, this is what I'm going to get. I'm not getting it now. So I'm going and I'm seeking it elsewhere. Again, bad idea. That's not what we should be doing. There are other choices out there that you can make if you're not happy with it. But the problem is people, as far as men, and I believe it's the same thing with women, is they don't know about their inner child. And they don't know that there are like nine different types that exist. So therefore, if I don't know what's broken, how do I fix it? I can't. I can't. When I went through my uh, sexual addiction problem, which again, you know, I've been in recovery now 20 years. Uh, yeah, thank you. But I blew through two marriages because of it. Um, you know, at, at both times when those both the women found out, they were both willing to work with me to say, hey, let's try to keep this going. And I was like, no, there's something wrong with me. I don't know what it is. And if you take me back, I'm just going to hurt you again. And so, so and again, I went off and just went crazy. And then I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. This is, I don't even know where I'm waking up. I don't know where I am. Um, and I went and I got help. And I wound up understanding I suffered from an abandonment disorder, uh, which meant that, you know what? I don't trust people. And so therefore I have this wall that's up and I'm not going to let people pull me in. So I never let anybody yet. I thought I did, but I didn't. So I had one foot in, one foot out. And through all of that, again, if I would have known this way back when, oh my gosh, it would have empowered me to realize, okay, you know what? You're struggling from something that happened when you were five and six years old. Well, guess what? You're not five and six years old anymore. Circumstances are very different. They're not the same. But see, when I go back to the idea that it's those unresolved childhood pain points that still haunt us today. Wow. Impressive. Well, let me ask here, your first book, was it 
a different type of topic or was it along these same lines? No, my first book is very different. My first book is called Removing Your Shame Label, um, How to Break Free from Shame and Feel God's Love. And that book was written because when I got into the counseling world, um, I noticed that many people, and I'm a Christian counselor, uh, but I treat people of all, you know, religious backgrounds and such. But um, I noticed a lot of people who were coming to me who were Christian were really struggling in their faith. They had a difficult time believing that God loved them, cared for them, and uh, wanted to be, you know, was there for them. And so what I did was I started to understand that, oh, you know what you're doing? They're projecting how they feel about themselves onto God. And they're saying, hey, guess what? I'm not a good person. Therefore, God might think I'm not a good person. So that book, that whole book was based on that. How do you remove that shame label? And how do you now become, uh, what, how do you now wear the label of I am the prince or the princess of a king? I'm almost in tears just listening to you talk about that. It's a hard subject, Rebecca. Let me tell you, there are so many people. I never knew the extent of the people who, again, they profess, say, I'm a a Christian. They go to church, but yet they feel God uh, God does not accept me. God looks at me and he is so ashamed of me. And they could not be more wrong. Exactly, exactly. I want to thank you so much for all this wonderful information. I know that my listeners are definitely going to benefit from this, and I wouldn't be surprised if some of them come knocking on your door or ordering your book. Let me me, me say this to you, right? Everybody who reaches out to me, and I'm telling you everybody, and I turn away about 10 people a week. But I do not, I respond to every person and I try to find them help. I do not just sit there and just say, oh, forget it, ignore, ignore, ignore. Um, Again, God put me in this role and that's what I'm going to call to do. So if people want to knock on my door, they can knock on my door. I may not be able to see them, but I will try to point them in the right direction of where they can start to get the, um, the help that they really need. You have such a good heart. So how can people find you? Where are your books, your website, all of Uh, that? The website is www.innerchild-got to put that dash in there. Innerchild-sexaddiction.com. And there you find find the book. You can find everything about the inner child process and what's involved in it. I actually even have an online program. If people want to go and purchase that and I set it up because I so much want people to get a, a experience with this and to help them that I've set it up for what it would cost to see me for three sessions. I didn't want to, I'm not milking people, I'm looking for people to get help. Um, the other thing is um, they can reach me at edkappa.com, that's E-D-C-A ppa at gmail.com i'm sorry so it's ed kappa at gmail.com um and that's about it and i'll tell you the other thing you brought up real fast is you said about women this book even though i wrote it for toward a male audience because that's who i work with it every woman who's read this book and all the spouses do they all say to me you know what you you this 
could have been all written for women who are struggling oh, also. absolutely. I can understand that. It's very, very helpful because even for myself and my own past, it's like, oh my gosh, these really bring out some really good points from the things that you've said. So what I'll do is make sure that all this information is on my episode notes and my website and my blog so that my listeners will have the resources to be able to find you easily and hopefully you'll be able to help them if they reach out to you and there's a lot of people that could certainly use your help and they will come to me and I don't always have the answers because I'm not a specialist or certified I'm a podcaster you know with history and infidelity Um, I have the real life experience, but I'm wanting to learn Mm -hmm. more. And it's good to let them know that they're not crazy. They're not a bad person, but let's find out how we can help them from here out so they can make those changes. These people are so fortunate to have the opportunity to have you in their lives and read your books and be able to have you help them keep up the amazing work. Well, thank you. And you too. I mean, again, you're doing just, you're doing some great work out there. And I know once you get your certification, you are going to just knock the ball out of the park. So. All right, Eddie, thank you so much for joining us. I really, really, really appreciate it. You're welcome. You have a good day. Well, personally, I learned a lot from him and I hope you did as well. Um, it is just amazing that there's another person so similar to me, just on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm sure there's plenty more people out there, but I really enjoyed his information. His website is AbundantLifeCounselingGA, as in Georgia, dot com. And the website uh, that you can learn more about him as well, the Inner Child Recovery Process, that website is innerchild-sexaddiction.com. So definitely check that out. Um, you can check out his books from there, get them ordered if you're interested in his online program, things like that. You can definitely reach out to him through that. All right, as we bring to a close our very first Let's Ponder episode for 2021, just a reminder, if you are interested in submitting your story for the podcast, if you're a woman who has been unfaithful to her husband, boyfriend, partner, if you have been affected by female infidelity, so if you're the husband, boyfriend, partner of someone who has been unfaithful, or you have suggestions for a Let's Ponder episode, please send me an email, rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. My website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. You can click there. You can vote for me to stay in the Hot 50 uh, podcast magazine countdown. Um, There you can look at merch if you're interested in a coffee mug or a mask. They all say no judgment. That helps me a little bit. Um, If you're interested in um, subscribing to Patreon. And on Patreon, that's where we have all the um, additional episodes. That's where the men's episodes are as far as their stories of what they went through when their wife was unfaithful or if they have their own infidelity story that they feel is important for them to share. Those are on there. You get the access two days earlier. You get my bloopers. Um, You get two extra episodes basically a month is what it comes with, with the Patreon. And it's like three bucks a month plus tax. Um, And, you know, my blooper reel. (laughs) And uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and you can pick up the story guides from my podcast. Those just help form the stories, whether you're the wayward partner or the betrayed partner. 
Okay. So until next time, thanks again. Don't forget to check Eddie out. I appreciate him being on the show. You guys have a great day. Keep happy, stay healthy, and always remember, no judgment. Goodbye.